Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than normal. Um, I've had a ton of technical difficulties. I think I need a new mic. I think that's kind of the conclusion I've come to. The thing won't stop crackling and fucking popping, and I don't really like it'll stop when I mute it or unmute it. But the thing is, I can't actively tell when it starts doing it on the recording. Um, So I was fucking around with playback and I had it on a headset and then the headset was getting in the way of the shit. And then I didn't know if the headset was was making it worse. Um, I just I need to fucking figure it out. I'm going to try and do that in the next couple days. But for now, I'm recording on my phone right now. Um, If you guys saw my Instagram video, you already know, or Instagram story, I guess, I recorded like a whole ass hour plus episode with Cole. We talked about a a bunch of different subjects. I thought it went really, really well. And then the audio got super fucked. Um, So that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't really know if it's fully the mic problem, partially the computer. I know it's not the editing software. Um... I think it's mostly the microphone, but either way, we're working around that right now. Just super fucking annoying stuff because there's actually softwares that could, I mean, it wasn't going to be perfect, but they'd fix it decently well, but it just cost me an arm and a leg. Well, that's exaggeration. It cost me, you know, I don't make shit for making these, so it doesn't really, you know, financially make sense to, you know, just for one episode to pay 70 bucks for a program that sure, maybe I'll use again, but more than likely I won't have to because, in best case scenario, I'm not going to run into these problems again, so I won't have to deal with it. But anyways, that's not the point. Um, sorry about that little ramble. I just got super annoyed because I'm sick of not being able to upload consistently. Um, I'm really trying to get back into a schedule of all that. So I really apologize for that. There's going to be a lot more uploads coming up. I'm hopefully going to be uploading on YouTube pretty soon here. I'm planning on getting a green screen soon. So hopefully all that stuff can, you know, go the way I want it to. I'm also planning on getting more involved on my campus at UCSB and getting a lot more of you guys involved in these things. So I'm trying to find creative ways to do that. Uh, reach out to me if you have any ideas. I'm definitely willing to, you know, take any help I can, um, you know, listen to some of your ideas because that's all what this is about. I'm just trying to learn, grow, uh, learn something new every day, you know, just grow as a podcaster, obviously grow my influence over you guys. And the more you guys are engaged, the more you guys feel like a sense of community, the better this is going to end up being for not just you guys and your experience with me and this channel, but also for myself in this channel and helping it grow. So would love to hear feedback from you guys. Again, I'm really sorry for the inactivity, but over this Christmas break during my school year, I'm really going to take advantage of it because I'm not working. So I'm really hoping to, you know, just really grind out this podcast, take it to the moon. Let's do it together, guys. Anyways, sorry to go off on a little tangent there. Let's get right into this episode, which is just going to be me. Um, obviously, don't have anyone else here with me, but there are some guests coming on the next few episodes, so stay tuned for that. Hopefully, you guys do enjoy. And this is a hella long intro, so let's get right into it. All right, guys, so let's start with what's fresh right off the bat. Cardinals versus Patriots, Monday Night Football. Obviously, you have to start with Kyler Murray. He has been declared out for the year. Torres ACL, absolutely horrible. You never want to see that with anybody. In this case, it's just, I don't want to say ironic because I'm not trying to bring light to the situation at all, and this really isn't a funny situation. But it is kind of just interesting to think, you know, Kyler got talked about a bunch coming out of college for being undersized, maybe not being able to handle the contact of the NFL. 
but we all know how elusive of an athlete he was, and it just sucks. Obviously, you don't want him to see him get injured anyway, but it sucks to see him get injured in a non-contact way. Um, again, kind of ironic there. Again, not make, bringing light to the situation like that or anything because it's awful. You never want to see anyone go out for the year. Uh, good thing he got his contract secured, and this is exactly why you want guys like Lamar to secure their money while they can because, you know, long-term injuries happen. They can definitely affect pay. So good for Kyler to get his bag when he did because who knows if he held off on it, if he would get the same kind of money he did last offseason as he would on this one. So obviously not really like the Cardinals were playing for much anyways. They were definitely out of the race of the playoffs. Well, not technically, but we don't expect them to make the playoffs. We don't really expect them to make any noise this year. I think bigger picture we're really thinking about what they're going to do with uh is it steve kime is that the gm's name what they're going to do with him but more importantly what they're going to do with cliff kingsbury he is under contract until the 2027 season which uh they made that extension i believe last offseason possibly two offseasons ago i think it was two offseasons ago after they started or that was last that was last offseason they started 11 or whatever it was they started eight no last season um and i think they shortly extended him or extended him shortly after that pardon me um to a really big deal obviously through 2027 i didn't like that contract when they did it i really thought there was a lot of facade going on here just a lot of uh you know a lot of bullshit i didn't think i didn't wasn't really buying into the cliff kingsbury as a really good nfl coach this has been backed up entirely this year i mean there's something definitely to be said when he seems to start every year pretty hot and then seems to get figured out by the end this year wasn't even the case obviously new copkins being out was a huge hit on this team but regardless i mean they really just didn't translate to wins in this one i really don't like how clingsbury calls a lot of these games and i still think their defense is pretty solid i like what vance joseph does on that side of the ball but I really think Kingsbury needs to go. There's a lot of good head coaching candidates out there on the market. I think D'Amico Ryan would be a really good fit for this team. But that's neither here nor there. That's not really the emphasis of this section right here. I'm more focused on just Kingsbury himself. His performance as a head coach has been drastically underwhelming. Obviously only made the playoffs one year as a head coach and got slaughtered by a division rival in the Los Angeles Rams and choked at the very end of the year when they had a pretty clear shot of winning their division. They ended up not winning it. So again, just kind of telling to his performance there and all of that. But another point in this game is Colt McCoy, the best backup in the league again, these were more open-ended questions that I was sharing with Cole and he was giving me my opinions or his opinions back. Obviously, that's not how this episode is going to go and I'm clearly really annoyed about that, but that's okay. We're going to go with what we got. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, or sorry, Colt McCoy, not Cliff Kingsbury, we're off that. Cole McCoy, is he the best backup in the league? Uh, I mean, to answer my own question, which again, Cole was supposed to be answering, I think he's definitely up there. I certainly think he is one of them. I think Tyler Huntley definitely deserves some attention. I still think Gardner Minshew is slept on. Um, Obviously, a name you don't hear a lot of anymore. You know, being a backup, you don't really get talked about too much unless you're, you know, Bailey Zappi or in kind of competition for that job. Mike White, those types of guys. But it really feels like Colt McCoy is just someone who, I'm not saying he deserves a shot for another team, but it's just... It is really interesting to see, you know, a drastically different style quarterback come in for Kyler Murray and really get it done. I mean, I don't think this loss 
against the Patriots was on him at all in the slightest. He was throwing some really good balls, a ton of darts in this one. Uh, that DeAndre Hopkins fumble was huge in swinging the momentum of this game. It was pretty close throughout the first half. Uh, the Cardinals actually went into halftime with the lead, but then Josh Uche, Matthew Judon really got going in this one. And it was just really ugly for the Cardinals as a whole in this one. It was just it was just an ugly game in, to- in totality. Um, there was a reason why I was huge on the Patriots, and that was purely the coaching gap present in this game. It's arguably a top three coach against a bottom three coach in the NFL, and that really did show up really big in this game. But sticking with coaching for a second, I mean, the Patriots, they need a real offensive coordinator. This whole dual offensive coordinator system with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, I think is just a formula for failure if i'm being honest there's been a lot of reports that mac jones has been frustrated he obviously hasn't been expressing that with the media but there's definitely been clips of him cursing out coaches and just not getting along with matt patricia as a whole um and it sounds like matt patricia has the primary play caller like title if you will and joe judge is really more just helping him out but i still don't think that that's a very successful formula to getting this thing going i really feel like the patriots are missing josh mcdaniels right now and josh mcdaniels is really missing the patriots could definitely be due for a reunion next year and i think that would really benefit mac jones a whole lot but i gotta say i can't really blame mac jones for being frustrating i mean this offense just looks really really underwhelming right now obviously their talent is not really going to blow you away the only thing that's really looking good for this team is their offensive line is solid not elite their running backs i would say as a room are elite they've got some really really good running back talent there between Ramondre stevenson who obviously went down in this game damian pierce who are sorry not damian pierce damian harris who we know what he can do when he is healthy and then pierre strong showed a lot of really good promise in this game and really showed that he can be a solid contributor in this one to have that as your rb3 is definitely really really good thing to have but i mean their perimeter weapons we know they're not very good and they are injured so of course that doesn't help the problem but i mean the play calling itself is just feels overly conservative it feels like at times there were just those types of plays like a perfect example of this is those plays that they totally work well on the chalkboard and it looks like everything's blocked up and gonna work great but then you get to the practice field or the sorry the game and you actually have hunter henry blocking a defensive end one-on-one that ended up being a tipped ball and an interception in this game so again i don't think you can blame mac jones for too much of this you can only expect him to do too much of this offense and i just think that they need a real offensive coordinator i don't think this dual system is gonna work out And I guess that's all I have to say about this game. My biggest takeaways are that the Patriots, it's going to be really interesting to see if they can make a playoff run. I don't think they're deserving of a playoff spot right now. If I had to say it straight up, I would much rather see teams like the Chargers, like the Dolphins, like the Jets make those spots because frankly, I just think they're better. They're better teams. They're more talented. I think they'd make for more entertaining games. And I just think the Patriots are just... They're in a position to where they have a good amount of cap space. They can definitely make some moves this offseason. I certainly think they should. And I think we're going to see a pretty similar offseason to the Patriots two offseasons ago where they really spent big. I think they're going to end up with one of these. Obviously, it's going to be a hefty cost with how much receivers are going for now. But I really think they're going to pay up for a receiver, whether it is a Godwin or one of these types of guys who are going to be a free agent. And I think they need to address offensive 
coordinator if Josh McDaniels does ends up getting fired from the Los Angeles or so, excuse me from the Las Vegas Raiders I could definitely see that as being a fit but that's all I have to say about this game so let's move on to the Chargers versus the Dolphins all right so Chargers Dolphins obviously this game ended up finishing as 17 to 23 but realistically it was not as close as the score suggests I mean both of Miami's touchdowns in this one were absolute flukes one of them, DB got twisted up on his own feet, tripped on a go route from Tyree Kill along the sidelines, 60 yards to the house. By the way, those 60 yards, 60 of 127 of Tua's total passing yards. He looked absolutely awful in this one. Um, and then the other touchdown came from Tyree Kill, picking up a fumble and then turning a corner, being faster than everyone on the field. So practically just Tyree Kill carrying the Miami Dolphins in this one. But yes, Herbert absolutely played to outplayed Tua in this one. Pardon me. That was definitely the storyline coming out of this one. And I mean, I really don't think it was ever much of a debate. I think every, you know, realistic NFL fan, every analyst or whatever you want to call yourself at this point, I think it was pretty much consensus that Justin Herbert was better than Tua. Um I think Tua is finally starting to come back down to earth a little bit. We've finally seen that in the last two weeks. This trip out to California for him was very rough between the Niners game and this one. He's looked absolutely awful in back-to-back games. I don't expect that to continue. I mean, I think it's going to be a rough stretch for him here because he is playing in Buffalo this next week, which is definitely going to be a tough out. And I'll talk about that more. Honestly, I'm probably just going to end up recording another podcast episode tomorrow because this was supposed to be out yesterday and it was supposed to be my recap episode and just covering a bunch of shit going on in the NFL. Um, But I mean, tomorrow's already Thursday. I'm recording this on Wednesday night. So I don't know if I'm just going to upload them both tomorrow or if I'm going to like wait to have my preview episode on Friday. Either way, I'm probably going to have an episode covering that game. Um, either tomorrow or Friday, but my point is Tua is finally coming back down to earth a little bit. He was missing wide open guys in this one. There's a few times where he just looked really, really off. His arm strength definitely looked suspect on a couple of these throws. You never think that with Herbert any of the time. Um, And there was a great meme that was going around, and it's pretty true. It's Herbert's coaching staff treats Herbert like he is the arm strength of Tua and Tua's coaching staff treats Tua like he is the arm strength of Herbert. That's pretty much how it goes. I mean, I still think that, you know, I talked to this, I talked to Cole a lot about this before, you know, the audio got all fucked up, but I still think Brandon Staley is a good head coach, not a great one. I would definitely say that. Um, And I think, I don't think Mike McDaniel's scheme is so much getting figured out. I think more so they're just kind of figuring out Tua and his limitations and what he can do because obviously containing these weapons is not easy at all it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is these guys are wicked fast and they can get off the line um we've seen dbs get a lot more physical with them and kind of disrupt their timing on a lot of these routes it's definitely worked out but that's very you know hit or miss and there's a lot of risk involved with that i've seen a lot of people point that out and it's true people like they definitely did do that in this game but if you whiff on the initial contact, they're so fast, they're going to whiff by you. So that's part of the problem there. But I just really thought that there was a lot of players that really stepped up for the Chargers in this one. Kyle Van Noy had a really good one. He had a big sack in this one. Morgan Fox also had a sack in this one. But beyond that, I mean, Sebastian Joseph Day was out in this one. Derwin James, Bryce Callahan. 
They had a lot of guys step up in their absence. So a really impressive win for the Chargers there and a much needed win to stay in the AFC playoff race. Obviously super competitive between the whole AFC East being extremely relevant. You've got the the two AFC North teams and the Ravens and the Bengals doing their thing up there. So the AFC is a really, really really competitive conference as a whole much stronger than the nfc so the chargers desperately needed a win like this and it's not like the craziest statement game obviously but i mean i i would say it is to the rest of the nfl they can hang obviously miami has had a lot of really big wins against teams that we consider you know the cream of the crop of the afc obviously coming back against the ravens earlier this year beating buffalo in miami but still beating buffalo was a really big win for them for the chargers to you know Beat a team like this, it really does send a statement out to the rest of the NFL that they can hang with anybody when they're playing on their best. And it really does show you that when Keenan Allen or Mike Williams are fully healthy, this offense can do a lot of really explosive things. I still want to see them compliment Austin Eckler by not giving him as many carries, especially in the middle of the tackles. It feels like a lot of the carries they're giving him are fairly predictable and you can see them coming from a fairly far distance. But for me, I really feel like Austin needs to be used as more of that scat back because they totally use him that way. He catches a ton of balls out of the backfield, but it just feels like they need to give Joshua Kelly a little more work between the tackles. Let him be, you know, the thunder to Austin's lightning, if you will. Um, You know, Melvin Gordon, when he was there in Austin's earlier years, that was a really, really good combo. I think they're, they've been trying to find that they drafted Isaiah Spiller, um, from Texas A&M, I believe he's from. In last year's draft, he really hasn't seen much playing time. Joshua Kelly's been there a couple of years, but they really need one more dynamite guy in the backfield with Austin, in my opinion, and this offense would definitely open up to a whole new level. But regardless, definitely a really good win for the Chargers. Uh, obviously, I went to this game. I'm sure most of you guys already know that, so that was super fun. Um, fucking love SoFi Stadium. So much fun down there, and it was really cool to see the you know Chargers win in person. So up next, let's talk about about the Dallas Cowboys they really struggled with the Houston Texans this weekend barely escaping from their own building with a win against the worst team in the NFL I really think they were caught sleeping in this one I didn't get to watch the film but I did watch a lot of it live and it was just really surprising Dak looked a little off in this one and a lot of their stars just really didn't play a great game Micah Parsons no sack CeeDee Lamb didn't really have a great game Zeke didn't really do a whole lot in this one Tony Pollard he had two more touchdowns just continuing to be Mr. Consistent for this offense and I really like the balance they found with Zeke and Pollard I think they're both really being efficient I think I like the way they're using both of them I think obviously earlier this year a lot of people were demanding that Pollard gets more touches and Zeke gets less work but I really think they found a pretty good balance between these two guys right now. I really like how they're using those two guys. But beyond this, I mean, Terrence Steele going down in this one, really big hit for the Cowboys in this one. Uh, Dak, that was directly responsible for that second interception on Dak Prescott. That pressure came from that rat tackle position. Um, I believe they moved Jason Peters out there, who's normally a longtime left tackle. They moved their rookie Tyler Smith out to left tackle and then I don't really know the exact arrangement but they mixed up a ton of things along the offensive line it kind of made for an awkward rest of that game but I think they just really looked past the Texans in this one I really think they were looking further in their schedule because they're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars this week um not that they're the biggest you know the scariest team in the world. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I really think they just slept on the Texans. They thought they were going to get a win. Um, The Texans had a good game plan for the most part in this one. They threw 
everything at the Cowboys. A lot of really creative plays. Both quarterbacks were on the field. Um, Chris Moore had a really good game in this one. Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks didn't even play in this one, so it makes this game even weirder. And again, the Cowboys are just a pretty strange team. I mean, the fact that they beat the shit out of the Vikings four weeks ago and then absolutely exploded in the fourth quarter last week against the Colts to come out and basically stink it up and nearly lose to the Texans. Uh, It takes some last-second heroics and the Texans kind of shooting themselves in the foot with that fourth down play call towards the end of the game to really ice it out. Um, They needed to really get bailed out by just poor executions from the Texans. They ended up getting bailed out, so really weird team here in the Niners and I still think they're the third best team in the NFC even with the Brock Purdy you know replacement of Jimmy Garoppolo's injury I still think they're the third best team behind the Eagles and the Niners right now and I really just don't see this team as a legitimate contender if you can't if you're messing around with a team like the Texans that's really not a good sign the Philadelphia Eagles are blowing everyone out of the water if you want to be a real contender you got to be able to do what they're doing and Sure, the Cowboys have had some blowout wins this year, absolutely, but just a weird team, really hard to figure out. It's really weird to see them, you know, beat the Vikings 40-3, to even if they were missing a left tackle. Granted, to go from a team like that just less than a month ago to barely being able to beat the Houston Texans in their own building, mind you, is just a really weird thing to me. And again, it is the NFL, it is football. You never really know with these teams, so that definitely plays a part, but still... Really weird, something to keep track of there, and I still think they're not serious contenders. And it really does open, you know, I talked about this with Cole, but the podcast that I fully lost. But, I mean, I think the Cowboys are just, and the NFC as a whole just fucking sucks. The AFC is so much better. I really don't think the NFC is anything to really, you know, write home about. I think the best team, obviously, right now, you have to give it, excuse me, you have to give it to the Philadelphia Eagles. I still think the Niners are the second best team, but at the end of the day, they're playing with a third-string quarterback. The Cowboys are very fluky. They're very star-heavy. They don't have nearly as much depth as the Eagles or the Niners. So, I mean, just the NFC fucking sucks is my point. That's all I'm trying to say. Up next, uh, the Bucks got their ass kicked by the Niners, which is no surprise at all. Brock Purdy playing pretty well in this one. He had more stat of the day. He had more downfield outside the number completions in this game than Jimmy Garoppolo had in the last two seasons combined. That is an absolutely wild stat. And it just makes me think of, you know, the hypothetical, what if Brock Purdy is their guy going forward? How ironic would that be after giving up all that capital for Trey Lance and then Brock Purdy ends up emerging, Mr. Irrelevant himself, the hero. It's just going to be really interesting to see. Obviously, super far from now, we can't speculate anything. But if the Niners hypothetically do win the Super Bowl, what the hell do you do then? Do you still go after Brady this offseason, which I really think they should be doing? Do they stick with Trey Lance, let Jimmy Garoppolo walk, give Trey Lance the keys to their organization? Do they stick with Brock Purdy, not bring in Tom Brady, and then let Trey Lance sit behind him, even though you, you know, gave up all this capital for him. It's just a really interesting thing, and I'm really curious to see what happens here. Great storyline there with Brock Purdy. Um, Just amazing to see what he's getting the opportunity to do. Obviously, his age is younger than Tom Brady's career, so incredible stat there. And first-year quarterbacks were previously 0-6 against Brady in their first start, so good for Purdy for breaking that curse. They're now 1-6 against Brady in their first start. So with 
the Buccaneers losing, it brings up my next point. Can the Panthers legitimately win the NFC South and make the playoffs? Will Tom Brady miss the playoffs entirely? I mean, it is totally possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's definitely fun to think about. Um, obviously don't love betting against Tom Brady, but why couldn't they? I mean, they have back-to-back wins of Sam Darnold now. They've beaten the Buccaneers already once this year, so they have a head-to-head over them. And their next four, I mean, I think I'd rather have their next four than the Bucks' next four. Their next four games to close out the season, the last month of the season, they have the Steelers, the Lions, the Bucks, and the Saints. And I mean, the Lions are playing really good football right now, but I mean, besides all those, those feel like really winnable games. The way their defense is playing right now, the way they're offensive line is moving some people in the run game and doing just enough sam darnold limiting his mistakes in the very least so it feels like definitely you know they could win three out of those four games four out of those four games and i wouldn't be entirely shocked if they win out straight up no matter what the bucks do they do end up making the playoffs so that's obviously a scenario where it's absolutely guaranteed but i mean looking at the bucks next four they've got the Bengals, cardinals panthers and falcons Obviously, Bengals are a really tough one there. Definitely think the Bengals are going to win that. But beyond that, you would think they're three after that. Obviously, they have a head-to-head against each other. So that's really going to be crucially important to this playoff run. And that def- might end up being the determining factor in it all when it's all said and done. But, I mean, again, it feels like these teams both have three or, sorry, three or, f- um, what am I trying to say? Three out of their next four games are totally winnable, so... Definitely going to be an interesting race to see there. And it just be, again, if I, I don't think Brady's going to retire after this year, period, even if he does make the playoffs. He's probably going to end up having Dallas come into town and probably blow them out. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Um, but regardless what happens this year, I really don't think Brady's going to retire. He doesn't have a wife to come back home to. That contract with Fox is waiting for him or whatever. And I think he's just still... It's too competitive. I still think he has something left in the tank. His arm strength is still there. I think there's a lot of other problems going on besides just off the off the field issues with him. Um, as far as the Bucks go, I mean, I think there's just a lot of problems with that team. And I still think he can be, if he has the right pieces around him, <clears throat> San Francisco, I still think he can definitely be a winning Super Bowl quarterback in this league. And I don't want him to see him retire yet. I'm not ready for it. I really want him to go to San Francisco just for shits. Um, I'm going to say that until it happens. I'm going to manifest it. So, yeah, I guess what will he do next year? There's a chance maybe he goes back to the Patriots. I don't think that's what he ends up ultimately doing, although it would make some sense. Another yawn. My bad. It would make some sense, especially if they brought in some more weapons this offseason, like I was talking about earlier. Um, gets a little more structure, you know, rejoins that fan base. They all love him. He walks off into the sunset as a Patriot, and I could definitely see that happening. But up next, I really want to talk about the Dolphins. Obviously been on a slip recently. I talked about him a little bit against the Chargers, against the Chargers, sorry, on Sunday Night Football. But can the can the Dolphins actually win a playoff game? Right now, they're on pace for the five seed. They might even finish them with lower than that, depending on what happens with the Ravens and the Bengals and who wins that conference and all that. Um, but right now, yeah, they're on pace to get the fifth seed, and they're probably going to end up heading to Tennessee to play them. And 
Obviously, Tennessee not looking like an explosive team right now. A team that's kind of in a bit of a weird place. Just got blown out by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Have had some really close games with some serious contenders this year. Like that Patriots game with Malik Willis starting took them to overtime. So I think they're one of the most well-coached teams in the NFL. I love their defensive line. I love their front seven as a whole. Their secondary is not great. Definitely need some, you know, places to improve there, especially at corner. I like their safety. I love Kevin Byard a lot. But can the Dolphins actually go into Tennessee and win a playoff game? I think that'd be a really tough matchup for them. We've seen what happens when not everything's going right for Tua. Mike Vrabel is a master game planner and game record. Jeffrey Simmons could definitely take that game over. I could see a world where, you know, the Tennessee Titans end up bringing it to the Miami Dolphins and they slow them down enough to win. But the Miami Dolphins, just after how hot they started the year, how good they looked at one point. This felt like a team that was seriously going to contend for a Super Bowl. And now it feels like they're not going to have a home playoff game. And they might just they might just lose in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, this doesn't feel like a team. It feels like there's definitely a gap between them and the upper echelon of the AFC, which in my opinion happens to be the Chiefs, Bills, and the Bengals. I think those three teams have really separated themselves from the rest of the competition. I really think the Dolphins are in that next tier. That's just just right out of that i think they're in that you know that ravens tennessee um and then i guess them in that next tier that's really where i'd put them besides that that if i were to all put them in tiers let's just throw it right off the top of my head i guess i'd have the chiefs bills and the Bengals in the tier one i'd have the dolphins titans and the ravens in tier two and then tier three would probably be chargers jets and i guess the Patriots. Let me know if I'm forgetting anything there. Um, but I really don't think this Dolphins team is legit contender. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily would have said them to start that at the beginning of the year. Obviously, they started the year really hot. A lot of people were really high on them. I didn't always share the enthusiasm. Obviously, I had them really high in my power rankings at one point because they proved they deserve to be there. But at the end of the day, to, you know, what really matters is the playoffs. That's what your season's going to be remembered for. And I really don't see this team, you know, making it very far in the playoffs, unfortunately. But sticking with the playoffs, are the Eagles going to walk into a Super Bowl? Again, this was a question that I was asked Cole. I, he gave me a really good answer to it. And I don't mean walk because obviously it's never going to be an easy journey to the Super Bowl. But it feels like right now, the AFC, I mentioned it earlier, they have plenty of elite teams. The AFC is extremely deep in terms of teams, in terms of talent. Whereas the NFC just feels very, very weak, especially with how the Vikings have tapered off in the last few weeks. The Cowboys have been very, very up and down. And the Niners are now playing with a third-string quarterback. It really feels like the Eagles have a huge advantage over a lot of these teams. They're going to end up with the one seed. There's not a doubt in my mind. And it really feels like this team is just set up very, very nicely to make a Super Bowl run. The only problem is, is the NFC too weak? Is this going to be a downfall? Is this going to be a scenario where they haven't been tested until they reach the Super Bowl? And I'm not saying they can't win the Super Bowl, but it was uh, Trevor Sikama, I believe his name is, of PFF who brought up this point. And I think it's a really good one. It's just, we're not going to know how good this Eagles team possibly until they make the Super Bowl. Because frankly, the NFC is so much worse. Their biggest test will be in the Super Bowl. They're going to be facing a legitimate... I think it's either going to be the Bengals, Bills, or Chiefs. It's going to be one of those teams. Um, 
And that's going to be a really big test for this Eagles team just as a whole. And they haven't really played a team like this. I mean, if you look at the teams they've played in the AFC, it's been it's been the Jaguars, it's been the Titans, it's been it's been a lot of mediocre teams. It's been the Steelers. It ha- they haven't played one of these elite upper echelon AFC teams. They haven't played the Chiefs. They haven't played the Bengals. Haven't played the Bills. Haven't played the Ravens. A lot of these upper echelon teams haven't even played the Dolphins, you know? They haven't played, so they haven't really gotten experience to all this. And again, I still think this is a really good team. I'm not trying to take any credit away from them. They might be the most well-rounded team in football. They probably are the most round- well-rounded team in football. But it's just going to be really interesting to see. Is the NFC just too weak and they're going to get smacked in the mouth once they get to the Super Bowl because they haven't really experienced that tough, really tough competition? Or are they just going to walk their way in, be fully healthy, and just be ready to dominate again and just blow through all the competition? Um, Right now, they're feeling like a team that their only loss of the season is going to be against the Washington Commanders, which is just fucking incredible. Love football. Never know what's going to happen. But... Either way, going to be really interesting to see what happens through the end of the year. Again, more consistent uploads will be coming, I swear to God. I'm so sorry, guys. I've just had technical difficulties. I had finals before that. I've got some family in town now, so I'll be spending time with them. But regardless, I'll get the uploads up. There's going to be a lot more coming. Hopefully, you guys do enjoy the content. If you do, be sure to let me know by following my Instagram, Matt Murphy's League. Uh, just hit me up about the podcast. Any questions or anything like that, just let me know. I got you guys with betting, fantasy, all that good shit. So stay tuned. There's probably going to be a preview episode coming out in the next couple days. So look for that. And for, that's going to be it for me, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And peace out.